This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This is the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Now, here's Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins. Did you see this altercation between Shannon Sharp and the Memphis Grizzlies over the weekend? My goodness, I don't think I've ever seen a fight go down while a grown man was wearing a cardigan that looked like a blanket that would be at my grandma's. Did you see what he was wearing? Yes. First of all, that thing was co-opted from a nursing home, Shannon. And number two, <laughs> what in it. the hell are you? Yeah, it's like, mm, well, this has seen some <laughs> things. What retirement community did you get this from? And also, what are you doing? Like, what are you <laughs> doing? You're embarrassing yourself. And by the way, that's one of the few times Shannon Sharp is not to be trifled with. However, the one guy I would not mess with is Steven Adams of the Grizzlies. Like these New New Zealand cats, it's like messing with Nikola Jokic's dudes. Like these guys, like they give zero Fs at all. And I, when I saw Steven Adams come over, I thought, oh, that's the one dude here that I would not mess with, especially because he's know. younger, he's just as big. Oh my God, I would not mess New with New Zealand cat. though? Like New Zealand dude. doesn't give the same vibes as Serbia. Like, I think, like, Eastern European is a little different than New Zealand. Like, maybe I'm mistaken here, but I don't know. I think I'd still take Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp's huge. Oh, not me. He is. Steven Adams is no joke. And also, these dudes, here's the thing about New Zealand. It's this tiny little country you don't think anything about. But these guys are just, like, these big dudes or these rugby guys who are absolute animals. I mean, it's that sort of pocket of new zealand is a different type of existence i'm telling you i would take stephen adams all day long no question about it i don't it. think and so also, give oh, me the man. plus money on shannon no jar shannon jar played football it's way more physical oh. than basketball where you're paid to flop all the time but listen, it's not if more guys... physical than rugby i guarantee you Stephen adams played played basketball some... professionally you can't He's tell me charges up... Uh, yeah, I, he would take a charge from Shannon Sharp and destroy him. I would be on Steven Adams all day long. And also, hmm. the broader point is, what is what is Shannon Sharp doing? <laughs> I don't know. Like, what are you doing? All You're right, wearing a so cardigan? we probably need to explain this to people who don't oh, know what we sorry. are talking about. So Shannon Sharp was at a Grizzlies game, and Shannon Sharp is a huge LeBron James fan. Like, he goes, you know, tooth and nail against Skip Bayless all the time about LeBron James being the best uh, in the NBA. So this game is against LeBron James. And Shannon Sharp was telling, I think it was Dylan Brooks, that he was too small to guard LeBron, which, you know, is kind of funny. But the Grizzlies did not take kindly to this. And they started jawing back and forth at um, Shannon Sharp. And I think the funniest part was the press conference afterwards where Dylan Brooks called Shannon Sharp a blogger and a pedestrian. (laughs) Imagine calling Shannon Sharp a blogger. 
Like, come on, man. He's a Hall of Famer. And he also has a big time network job blocker. Yeah, but also I appreciate <laughs> the fact that I guarantee you Dylan Brooks knows that and was like, let me call him a blogger. Like, I love sort of the dismissiveness that you display when you call him a blogger. Obviously, they know who he is, but I didn't realize this was rooted in the fact that apparently Shannon Sharp is some massive LeBron stan and was taking yeah. up LeBron. Like, get out of town. Yeah, they're like besties. LeBron even had like a, a quote in this article about it. Say, yeah, I'd go to war with that guy. Um, but after the game, I'm starting to think that maybe this was like a bit. Because after the game, they showed uh, T. Morant, who is John Morant's dad, and Shannon Sharp like hugging. And they were like, yeah, we're both from South Carolina. We just oh, didn't like to talk God. a little trash. So I was like, uh, maybe Shannon Sharp just did this as a bit. Can you see this being a bit? Yeah, if it is, it's lame. Here's the thing. I don't think it was a bit. I think it was these dudes jawing at each other. And I, I just find it so stupid. I'm like, wait. You got into a fight with John Morant's father because you were supporting LeBron, which, by <laughs> the way, is the is the most bandwagon thing you can do. Like, you get some sort of celebrity, and you're like, you know who my guy is? It's LeBron. It's like, well, of course it's LeBron. You're going to choose the best player on the planet. Like, there's no connection to you whatsoever. It's just that now you're in L.A., and LeBron is in L.A., so you probably run into each other, and LeBron's your guy, so you're going to talk smack because you back LeBron. Like, it's just so trite and stupid to me. Yeah, but Shannon Sharp's not just some, like, little nerdy guy that latched on. Like, Shannon Sharp probably runs in those circles because he's a Hall of Famer. He was a damn good football player. So yes, he not was. just a blogger. And I'll take the plus money on Shannon Sharp in that fight against Steven Adams. But let's do a little MVP Monday, and I'm also going to ask Double D who he likes in this fight. <laughs> MVP Monday. It is absolutely ludicrous to think that Shannon Sharp would even have a shot. Shannon Sharp is Agreed. a big dude, but once Steven Adams came up and started getting closer to Shannon Sharp, you <laughs> yep. saw the actual size of Steven Adams, and I was like, yes. what are you doing, Shannon Sharp? You are going to get stepped on. Yes. Steven Adams is six foot 11, 265, 270 pounds. He is, he is a massive New Zealander who gives zero Fs. I'm telling you, Shannon would go down. And Shannon's in his 50s now. So let's take yeah, that into effect okay. as well. Shannon is so a I dropped great... out for a second. I'm going to take a wild guess and, and say that Double D agreed with Jenks. Oh, absolutely. Uh, am I right 100%. here? 100%. Yes, because I'm right. I know. You always do. Nobody ever agrees with me, but it's fine. Listen, I'll take the plus money. That's the thing. We're handicapping this thing, and Steven Adams is the minus money favorite because he has a size advantage. But here's the thing. I still think somebody who played football has a little grit in his system. And he also played defense, right? No, he was a tight end. And he wasn't even the best sharp in his family. That's actually true. Okay, what does that have to do? He's not fighting somebody in his family. He's fighting Steven Adams. I'd take more money on, on Shannon's brother than I would on him. That's not the bet. Like that, you don't bet on something, but like, well, I'd take Daniel Jones' brother. Well, that's not the bet, sir. That's not it, me, either way. Stephen Adams steps on him and makes him a little Shannon Sharp, not a big Shannon Sharp. That's a cartoon thing. I don't know if you've seen real life. That only happens in like Looney Tunes. I think Stephen Adams takes an acne weight and drops it on Shannon Sharp's head <laughs> while Shannon exactly. Sharp is running around. 
That's how I think that fight. LeBron came around the corner with the piano. <laughs> right. Exactly. Hey, it's Space Jam 3, baby. All right. All right. Right there's the plot for Space Jam 3. Ooh. Shannon Sharp tries to take over the world. I like it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yep, let's do it. All right, let's transition to our Monday MVPs. Four nominees this week. Nominee number one is Chad Henney, Chiefs backup quarterback. He led the Kansas City Chiefs on a 98-yard touchdown drive when Patrick Mahomes was was getting his ankle worked on. The 12-play drive was the longest scoring drive of the game and took over six minutes off the clock. It gave the Chiefs a 17-7 lead. Nominee number two, Jalen Hurt, QB for the Eagles, threw two touchdown passes and ran for another as the Eagles jumped out to a 28-0 halftime lead on the Giants. Hurts went 7-for-7 for 89 yards in the first quarter as the Eagles scored on their first two possessions, both of them touchdown passes by Hurts. Nominee number three, Bengals O-line, down three starters. The Cincy offensive line allowed just one sack on Joe Burrow and opened up lanes for Joe Mixon to rush for over 100 yards in the 27-10 thrashing of the Buffalo Bills. The Bengals had a franchise playoff record 30 first downs and held the ball for over 33 minutes. Nominee number four, Fred Warner, linebacker for the 49ers, led the 49ers defense that had held Dallas to just 282 total yards and one touchdown on the day. He had nine tackles and a key interception of Dak Prescott in the second quarter in the red zone. His pick set up the 49ers field goal just before the halftime. Jenks, who is your Mm. Monday MVP? Well, Normally, I would go with Jalen Hurts because he was unbelievable, but competition matters here. And yes, he was awesome, and he proved that he's awesome against anyone during the regular season, but beating up on a pretty bad Giants team, a Giants team I thought would keep it close, the Giants did not show up, is not as impressive to me as that Bengals offensive line because the reason why that line moved in the Bills game and why it went from Bills minus four to minus five and a half is because everyone thought that, that Bengals O-line, which had been decimated for most of the season, they were banged up going into this game. We all know that they dominated Buffalo. I mean, it wasn't just, Hey, they held their own and they protected Joe Burrow. That would be one thing. They absolutely owned the line of scrimmage. And I don't know. I don't think anyone going into this game expected Cincinnati to be the more physical team on both sides of the football, particularly when it comes to the offensive line. They go into Buffalo, into snowy Buffalo, down to second stringers across the board, and they just push the Bills off the line of scrimmage. If they weren't protecting Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon was going for four, five, six yards a clip. Bengals O-line, Monday MVP, here's to the big boys. Yeah, you got to give it to the Bengals in some way, right? They're the only underdog this weekend that won. 
And maybe if it was my personal award, I would give it to the Jags kicker for kicking a meaningless field goal to get me the cover for Jags plus eight and a half. But looking at the wider picture, this is the one team that was not expected to win. You know, none of the underdogs were, but still everybody already had it mapped up out. It was going to be the Bills and the Chiefs in a rematch of the AFC championship game. But not only did they cover this number, not only did they win, they absolutely dominated this game on the road in Buffalo where everybody talks about, Oh, well, playing at the Bills stadiums, no, Joe, have you seen those fans? Doesn't matter for Joe Cool and company. This offense just trucking right along and also the defense. So I know this award is going to go to the Bengals offensive line, but we got to give some flowers to the defense as well. Limiting Josh Allen and company to what, 10 points is a pretty big deal. So I think this award needs to be split down the middle, King Solomon style with the offensive line of the Bengals and also the defense of the Bengals. But in either way, it goes to the Bengals. I'm actually going to agree with Chelsea. I think it should be split right down the middle. Wow, that's okay. I think it should be the offensive <laughs> line and the defensive line of the Bengals, both who absolutely dominated that game against Buffalo and made it completely one-sided the entire game. I have not seen a performance like that in a very long time from an offensive line where they just and, and for me it wasn't just the fact that they dominated, but they dominated missing three key players that had played 15 games this whole season. So absolutely to me, it's the domination of both the offense and defensive line of Cincinnati which without that Buffalo might have a chance. I also think, too, I thought Tony Romo made a really good point during this game, which was he was saying that even when the Bills were having success, like offensively, like the Bengals were making them work for everything. Like nothing came easy. Even when Buffalo would drive down the field, it would be Josh Allen flushed out of the pocket and he rushed for four. Then there's a, okay, they hand it off to Devin Singletary and he gets three. Or there's a pass across the middle, but they stretch for the first down. Or they have to go for it on a fourth and one. Nothing came easy for the Bills. And over time, over the course of the game, be it on offense or defense, they just wore Buffalo out. Even, even when the Bills were having success, they were having to earn it. There were no big plays. Whereas the Bengals would have a big play to Jamar Chase or Joe Mixon would go out. That did not happen for the Bills. Once in a blue moon. They would have someone catch a pass for like 20 yards. But, man, the Bengals made them work for everything. What do you think the narrative uh, is coming out of this game? Do you think it's that the Bengals won it? Or do you think people are going to say, well, the Bills just didn't play their best brand of football? Because I feel like there's almost a sentiment where Josh Allen gets away with a lot of stuff. Do you think if this Mm -hmm. was any other franchise quarterback, people would say, what are we doing here? I think like that's probably not fair because Josh Allen does so much for this offense. But still, what do you think the feeling is out of Buffalo after this game? Well, I, I honestly I put this on the Bills defense. And 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 there's some nuance there in that look, when it's snowing, it's hard you to get a ten push ga- off. Right? Ten points though? Well, Can you win yeah, a game also, winning ten points? Well, yeah, but the Bengals possess the football like thirty-three minutes in this game. Like, they couldn't get the Bengals off the field. So, to me, it's like, look, the Bengals jumped out to a 14-point lead, so all of a sudden you're already out of your game plan. And then number two, the Bengals were on the field the entire time just going up and Mm -hmm. down the field, slow trotting. So, yeah, I don't think Josh Allen was at his best, but I also don't think he was put in a position to win where you're down by two touchdowns and you can't get on the field to make something happen. 
Right. Uh, so where do you go from here? Like for the Bengals or I mean the, the bills, I should say, like, do you think that they still feel hopeful going into next season? How many years are we going to say this is the bills year? And then it's not the bills year. Like that has to be kind of depressing, right? It is depressing. I spent about 30 minutes talking to a friend of mine off the ledge. My friend Jasmine was like, I'm heartbroken. I'm like, I know it wasn't great and went back and forth. And these Bills fans have been dying. And this is such a great team. And now they lost again. They've got some soul searching to do in the offseason. Yeah, especially losing like that at home with Mm. that kind of team. For more, listen to The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BetQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.